And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here to have another conversation I'm hoping helps your business grow. Airbnb, entrepreneurs, they're a natural fit. The whole entire gig economy, app economy, and all kinds of tech-type economies have been on the rise over the last 10 years. That's exactly what we're going to talk about. And I've got a guest with me today that many of you regular listeners are quite familiar with. Now, before I tell you who, today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Lending Standard, the only secure online origination and underwriting platform solution for HUD, Fannie, Freddie, and bank multifamily lenders. Visit LendingStandard.com to learn more or click the link in the show notes, which is a way better way to get there quickly. Now, with me today, we have someone who you are probably used to listening to speak about Amazon and e-commerce and other stuff, but he is also quite the Airbnb entrepreneur. I've got with us today, Andrew Morgans, the founder of Marknology and also a co-host on the Startup Hustle podcast and a cast member on Startup Hustle TV. Andrew, hello. What's up, hustlers? Uh, good to be talking about a different business today. I'm glad Matt brought me on on the show to talk a little Airbnb. Um, it's good to be on the show. Yeah, you know, we were desperate for guests, Andrew. So we just were like, you know, let's sign. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That, Matt knows. No, and I wasn't. Matt knows I like talking <laughs> yeah. about my other businesses, uh, you know, so I, I'm always looking for a chance to talk about some of the other projects I'm working on um, outside of Amazon. I've been living and breathing Amazon for 10 years. Um, not quite so long in the Airbnb space, but I build my life, my entrepreneur life for quality of life and lifestyle. And uh, I brought my e-commerce experience to Airbnb and uh, maybe we can share some of that today. Yeah. So, you know, I, 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 usually say no one tells the story better than the CEOs and founders. And, you know, I think it'd be a good idea to give a little bit of backstory about your Airbnb entrepreneurship, like what you're doing, how it's grown. And then we'll go ahead and jump into a whole lot of different stuff that, uh, that people might or need to know before they get something started themselves. Yeah. So um, like a lot of my listeners know, uh, I grew up traveling abroad. Uh, I grew up in Africa, Moscow, born in Montreal. Um, as a kid, was just traveling a lot. Didn't travel as much as an adult until I became an entrepreneur because I couldn't get that time, you know, quality of life. But um, Airbnb was one of the things when I was first starting out as a freelancer in the Amazon space where I lived in a loft downtown, Kansas City. And um, I was I had heard about Airbnb. This was kind of like maybe five years ago or so. Um, had heard about Airbnb, had stayed at Airbnb a few times, but hadn't been a host. A host is where you offer up your place, you know, for people to stay. And I'm not very materialistic, really. So I don't, I don't really care if I don't think about my things. So I guess just like the idea of hosting my own home wasn't uh, repulsive to me. I wasn't worried about it. I wasn't scared. Um, and I, I was taking a trip to Colorado. I had a pretty nice decorated place. Um, I like aesthetics and things like that. So it photographed well, I guess is what I'm saying. And um, a loft downtown, I went to Colorado. And on the trip, the wash was, it wasn't really even a wash. I made more hosting my loft than I did booking a hotel or traveling to Colorado. And so obviously light bulb went off in my head. I was like, oh, this will be a great way where I can offset my expenses for traveling. And um, it kind of just evolved from there. So at first it was my own place. I, I would even... You know, when times were harder in the business, when you're trying to get going as a freelancer and projects are hard to find, um, I would book out my place and it was easy. I could get 150 a night. So for the weekend, I'm making 450, 500 bucks. Um, and I would just stay with a friend, sleep on the couch, stay with my sister, 
stay with a girl, like whatever. I'm just like bouncing around, making 500 bucks a weekend, um, not doing much. And so it was kind of a lifeline for me in the early days um, of starting my business, having something else I could lean on. I remember when I was growing the business and I'd run home to clean, like, um, you know, you're, and as it scaled even, I don't know if we're going to go into all those details, but as it started scaling from that first that first loft to where we now have um, about 25 here in Kansas City, um, it was sometimes I was like having conversations with CEOs or like ballers on the e-commerce or Amazon side and then running home and cleaning toilets. Um, and that's a mindset you just have to be in, um, you know, when you're starting any project. So I'll, I'll pause there for a minute because I can go all day. But um, the origin story was really like it was a, it was a lifeline to, to cash flow um when i was trying to get started as an early entrepreneur you know i mentioned at the beginning of the show that the term gig economy and gig economy is a little more synonymous with like things like uber but basically you have time someone else has a need and that's you know where these technology platforms have come along and been highly disruptive i mean when the whenever anyone asks me or I'm in a discussion about the term disruption or changing something that has been status quo for a long time, the two easiest answers are Uber and Airbnb. And Let's, those are the two, those, those are the two industries. Like, I mean, what's a cab? Like, yeah. I mean, seriously, like, do, are they out there? And all of a sudden Airbnb is now a publicly traded company and had a hundred billion dollar valuation, had an IPO. Um, some of the basic stats that are out there, they have 150 million users worldwide, uh, 20 million overnight Airbnb, Airbnb guests. There's over 3 million hosts. I mean, it's not a secret, but the entrepreneurship of it, just because you can sign up and Okay, so it's easy. Oh, well, I want to be an Airbnb host. I want to make a few bucks here and there. But there's a lot more to it than that. And that's some of the stuff that we want to talk about. And, you know, like as you as the guest, now how, you told we went to a, the, the Kansas City Royals uh, baseball game. It was nice to meet your dad and your grandfather, by the way. That was that was interesting. It Thank was awesome you. to I, take your to take your grandfather to his first major league baseball game at 86. Yeah, he's 86 this week. So that was an incredible moment in memory for us. Um you know, they're pastors, very religious, don't get to like ball games and things like that very often um, later in life, finding some time. So it was really cool to be able to take them out. We had great seats, by the way. So they were getting the view. Uh, I think we hit a grand slam um, was great. But, you know, you talked about disruptive. And I think one thing that's cool about these spaces is um, I like when tech is bringing community back to the people a little bit. So like, you know, people talk about social media, keeping us like where we're all isolated and no one's talking in person anymore, but there's also like tech that's having us share cars and um, be safer doing it. And, you know, you put your girl in a taxi, you got to hope she gets home. Okay. You put her in an Uber. She can share her ride with three friends. You can track the whole thing. It's reviewed. It's safer. Right. Um, same thing with like Airbnbs. We're reading reviews. We're seeing what's going on. Um, you know, we're able to, we're able to share our spaces um, kind of like we used to in the past. And I think uh, I, I like those things. Um, Airbnb being disruptive has uh, been massively disruptive. I've met the, one of the first 10 members of Airbnb randomly plugging in my laptop, working remote at an airport in Tokyo. I know that sounds crazy, but she was, she talked to me for about two hours. We just started randomly talking because I said I was coming from Thailand and she asked if I stayed in an Airbnb. I said, yes. She said, I'm not surprised. Thailand is actually the country that the Airbnb got their start. So it wasn't where they started, but it was the country that embraced them and they started making revenue. And it was like, okay, we have a great idea. So she really wanted to talk to me about it. Um, but you know, she said it's been when they, when they launched in New York, they didn't do it right. New York, like told them, no, a lot of cities have been like, no, this is too disruptive. Uh, I know in my first loft, I was sharing you that story. They were like, okay, you can't lease, you can't sublease your loft. And so I was, I was using it as a lifeline and my head changed. I pivoted and I was like, okay, well, I want to live in a place where they can't tell me no, I can't Airbnb it. And so I moved to uh, further down the city into Midtown here in Kansas City, where I was able to get a lease where the landlord didn't mind if I Airbnb the basement. And I, I turned a basement into a, a private uh, apartment down there and started Airbnb. Because the space was getting disruptive, I had to pivot and I had to find, um, you know, a location that would work for me. From there, I went to um, using that property to save funds to buy my own. Um, so then I owned the property instead of 
subleasing a lease. You know, it's just evolved from there. But it's been very disruptive from getting approved with the city um, to understanding all the ordinance and things you got to apply for and licenses you have to have to do it correctly. Um, I, I mean, I'm in the Amazon well, space. Well, it's well, disruptive. I like well, being hang in on, space hang too. on. We're, we're going to get to that, sir. We're going to get to that, sir. But okay. let's get back to the very basic stuff. So, you know, if you're considering Airbnb entrepreneurship, then I mean, I think the very first question you need to ask yourself is, do you want to start a business? Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're clearly considering it, but you have to, I mean, if you're going to do Airbnb or anything else, like even if you just do gig economy, you are your own business in that regard. So Andrew, did you tell me the other night you do have like a hundred properties or something? You gave we, me a huge number. We do. We have over a hundred properties here in the Kansas city area. That's a lot. So that's a business in itself, but that means that if it goes past one space or really even if it still is one space, you're going to have some other things to consider because you're going to have income, you're going to have revenue, you may have insurance implications, you're going to have to deal with cleaning it, you're going to have to deal with marketing it, you're going to have to deal with different levels of repairs and stuff like that. So when it comes to Airbnb as a business, also like, do you have time? Do you have time to be the landlord? And the host and, and a lot of that. So like, what are some of the things like on the most basic level before we, and I don't want to run all the way down the field. Let's just try yeah. to get the first first down here. What are some of the most basic things that an Airbnb entrepreneur has to consider? I think um, location of your property matters. Um, are you close to conferences? Are you close to sporting events? Are you close to downtown? Are you close to the bars? Um, you're thinking about reviews, right? So one, you're getting people to book your place from usually another city. So they're looking at pictures, they're looking at your description, kind of like Amazon, and they're deciding, um, okay, what did other guests think about this place? You know, they're looking at pictures, so you need aesthetics to kind of stand out to them. How you decorate the place matters. So you're thinking about location. Um, if every guest is talking about gunshots in the background, that's going to be a problem, right? So <laughs> you're thinking about location. Um, but as you scale, you're right. It was really easy with just a couple properties. Once we started scaling to, you know, where we're at 10 properties, 15 properties, 20 properties with Airbnb, we're running essentially a small hotel at this point with 25 rooms, a boutique hotel with 25 rooms, all with unique, you know, um, kind of, uh, decorations and themes, you know? And so then we've got cleaners at scale. We've got inventory issues. Um, the cleaners don't know what's in every house so how do we make it where they're looking for those remotes and looking for things like that that can add to your expenses and your bottom lines when things go missing like that um are you charging for dogs if it takes your cleaner two extra hours to clean up a property for a dog friendly place but there's hair everywhere like you know it just creates way more problems at scale when it's moving really really fast um you know on sunday i think we had 12 checkouts across our you know 25 properties so you're, you're turning over 12 rooms that's checking in with 12 cleaners that's making sure you're stocked with 12 12 places um you got 12 check-ins so making sure the guests know exactly how to get in the property and where to park their car and you know it's um but i will say one thing is that with marknology i went into it not really knowing what i was doing um we this business is called akc co properties um just abbreviated a kansas city company um and I went into this one with, with, with scale in mind from the beginning. So first it was a side hustle, but as soon as I knew I wanted to make it a business past that first or second property, it was, um, what have I learned in marketology that I can take here and think about scale from the very beginning. So are those properties that you own slash buying, meaning like mortgage based properties, or do you lease and rent them from other people? Um, they're mortgage properties. So we don't, we don't do any like lease sublease. Uh, arrangements, although that's a very popular model for people trying to get into the Airbnb business. I got multiple um, colleagues in Kansas City that have quite a few properties that that work directly with um, uh, either hotels or apartments um, and lease some several of their properties with the intent to Airbnb them. They just need to get permission and get get all of that legal and have that worked out ahead of time. But we are mortgage, um, and some of them we own. So we, as in me and my partner, Brian, I have a 50-50 partner in this business. Some of them, me and him, own directly. Um, the others are partnership agreements with, with the investors. So from an income and a net worth or an asset value perspective, 
you are paying off you know, theoretically the entrepreneur. So as an entrepreneur, you got, you know, how and when am I getting paid? And, uh, you know, if you're a software startup founder, that might be a long excruciating road. You know, you're hoping to build a company that builds revenue that then gets an exit. And you look at guys like Matt Watson, who are excellent at creating those big check moments. And then some people, you know, live a really meager existence until that doesn't occur and then end up getting a job. But in this, so in this case, you are generating revenue that you could, in fact, be cash flow positive as well as the long term asset value of the incre hope, hopeful increase in real estate with the decrease in liability owed, owed to the bank? Correct. Yes. So, you know, paying down mortgages for properties I'm trying to own, um, as well as creating jobs. Uh, you know, it's created jobs for several people close to me. Um, there's other benefits too. Like, you know, one of my end goals is to own Airbnbs in, in lots of different cities around the U S and the world. So that as I travel and work remotely, I've kind of got setups in those cities, um, versus coming, you know, maybe I've got a garage there, a storage shed where I've got multiple monitors and I can easily work remote for a month. Um, because it's just easy quality of life stuff for me as I dream, you know, down the line, we're about to launch four condos in, uh, Lake of the Ozarks, uh, this fall. So a little bit behind schedule there because of COVID and things like that, but um, right on track at the same time. Um, so, you know, another, another, some of the benefits people might not think of is, you know, you get a long-term renter in a place. Um, you've got them for a year or two years, any damage they're doing to the property. You're not coming in there all the time versus in an Airbnb. I've got a cleaner in there three or four times a week looking for damage, looking for things we need to fix up. So it can keep, even though there's a lot more people coming through, um, they've put deposits down, they've got a review to worry about. A lot of times your property stays in better shape than just using a regular rental renter. Um, another one would be like, you know, people would be like, well, I don't want the headache. And sure, that's a fair question. It depends on what your goals are. Um, you know, I love being able to, you know, we were able to help people during the pandemic, put people in there, um, you know, first responders having, having places where people could quarantine, um, you know, you have friends or business people come into town with our other businesses and we can put them up in our Airbnbs, you know, so some of those quality of life things are not just straight revenue, their perks or their like things that you can do to help your other business. But, um, I guess the last thing I would say that someone might not think about is like, you know, you can get a traditional renter in there. Um, let's say a house in strawberry Hill, you know, you might rent it out for 1200 a month or something like that for a little two bed, two bath or two bed, one bath. Um, you know, but with Airbnb and, and turning it over like an Airbnb and short-term rental, you might be looking at revenue of close to, you know, 3000, 3,500 a month. So quite a big difference is being, you know, more work is being exchanged, but the potential for revenue is quite a bit higher. Yeah. And now if you find yourself saying, I don't want the headache, you probably shouldn't start a business because like, I mean, a business, it's like, it's like 99 headaches, you know, every day. And it's a question of which one am I going to try to solve for first? Um, I mean, that has a lot to do with it. And I think some of the other things to consider, you know, what are your financial goals? Because once you start leveraging your a bunch of stuff against a bunch of other stuff against a bunch of other stuff, you know, you might find that it makes other things more difficult. Sometimes they're easier. You just never know. And then, you know, at the same time, you know, you're responsible as the owner for these properties. So like you're the, uh, and, and I say that meaning like if someone messes it up, you need to be able to have the finances available to fix it, repair it, deal with it. And other things too, it's like, how often do like, I mean, I would imagine sometimes people don't show up to clean or do other stuff. Like you better be ready to go do that yourself. Cause if you want to, these are these community based things that the reviews matter. And, uh, you know, if it's a big headache and I mean, that's that's it. If you're not ready to go pick up a mop and and and, you know, a, a toilet brush, you know, on a Sunday morning because you got someone coming to check in uh, and the cleaners didn't show up or something. I, I This might be the wrong thing for you. And I want to talk more about that and, and even more, but you know, it's no secret that the multifamily loan process can be difficult to manage. And that's why multifamilydebt.com's intuitive online platform can help take the pain out of the process by matching borrowers with lenders that are vying for their businesses. You can streamline the process of creating an application, providing guidance from industry experts and help borrowers find the best option. Once again, that's multifamilydebt.com. 
also lendingstandard.com. These are great places to figure out where and how to get loans. And if you're trying to do Airbnb entrepreneurship, you know, one of the things is a multifamily space might be a good option for you because you might get four or five or who knows how many different condos or units out of it. And it's a lot easier to manage these things when they're just steps away as opposed to completely different properties. Now, when it comes to like, you know, Andrew, you talked about using your experience in around e-commerce and marketing and different stuff. You know, when it when it comes to like how to list your properties and get people to care and any of that, I got to feel like much like at Marknology, you and I have had so many discussions about like the, the power of a quality product image. And like yep. when it sucks, like no one wants to take a look at it. So when it comes to like get, getting... I don't know what makes a good listing on Airbnb. So really built around the reviews. Okay. So some of that is just like, are you responding to reviews on time? Are you writing each review that comes through? Cool. That's easy. When you have one property, two properties, you've got 25 properties you're reviewing every single day constantly, you know, so knowing how to automate some of that, that's where the e-commerce experience came in. Um, photos and SEO, the basics of online selling, like, um, you know, growing up around the world, I feel like I have a pretty broad imagination in regards to how to decorate places. And at the beginning, it was me kind of budgeting what it would take to outfit an entire apartment and, you know, buy all those things and coordinate and get it set up and get photos taken. Now we've got a team in place that's doing that. Um, but how do I create product differentiation across my, pro my properties? And at the same time, not create so much differentiation that it becomes hard for me in the long run. Um, if I've got blue stuff here and white stuff here and black stuff here and brown stuff here, and maybe I need, you know, no, I just need white sheets. You know, I need white sheets at scale, uh, like a hotel would. Um, some of those things you don't know until you just learn it the hard way, but, you know, creating properties that kind of have a theme has been one of our, our strong suits, like whether it's like the theme of like kind of a fun hostel or it's got like a, a travel theme going on. Um, you know, we've tried a lot of different things, the modern look. Um, so creating product differentiation, having some fun with that, knowing how to run a budget when you're, when you're buying to equip a property is super important. You know, you might spend, you know, at first we were getting properties decorated for under 5k, an entire apartment, you know, and making it look lived in. And now we're closer to budgets of around 8,000, you know, just realizing that you spend in, you spend a little bit of extra money, make the place, you know, really provide value, have all the things that they expect at a home be have the walls filled up with art you know things like that goes a long way to people feeling like they're getting value out of a, a home an airbnb versus a hotel yeah so uh, when i travel over to the philippines i've actually started using airbnb which uh, i use it some and then sometimes it's best to be in a hotel it just depends on what i'm looking for and, and how long i'm staying and where i'm at but you talk about the seo like one of the things is our office there is near the it park and that's like, it, it, I can put that in search and it, and it really narrows things down. And that's just like simple things. Like when you create your listing, if you're near something that's like a really well-known landmark or something that people are going to enter, put that in the, in the listing. Cause the, the thing is, is like, for example, in the Philippines, I'm not familiar with what all of the areas are right. known as like, and there, and so sometimes I've had a difficult time getting them to come up on search and uh, you know, I go and look for stuff. Now, I don't care too much. Uh, and some of the things, too, I think you need to consider is like, what kind of traveler are you attracting? And like, OK, yep. so if you have a space that's next to a, quote, IT park, it's going to be a business traveler. And I can tell that the, in the couple in the few places that I've uh, used Airbnb, Airbnb for, they were catering to that because they had things like a larger table in them, which, and spaces are smaller there. So like having a big table is burning up a lot of, well, there square meters here, square feet. And it might not be as important. And some of the things too, is like, for me is like, it's, it's a couch, like a bigger couch and a big table and passed out. I don't really need a whole lot in there. And, and those two things matter because I want to be able to go home and like, and then some of the places I pass on, I pass on them because they have this like little tiny table in it that's like i mean maybe like you know like two feet across at best like i'm like where would i even put anything now if you're not a expecting a guy your size you're like, right yeah <laughs> or something yeah so there are definitely some interesting things that i look for and then uh for me a lot of times too it's uh, uh okay so in the philippines people are are remarkably shorter than i am 
And so sometimes I, I always look at the pictures in the shower because sometimes yeah. the shower head, oh my gosh, man, I have literally stayed in a couple places where the shower head was about as tall as my chin at best. So you're and, just on your you know, knees like, down there. Well, right. If I want to watch, like it's, it's, it's a challenge and that yeah. makes it tough. So, you know, they're competing with the hotel. So actually what I've done is I go, I actually kind of straddle back and forth because I like not being in the hotel for some reasons. And then some reasons it's nice, but yeah, overall I've been trying a lot of different stuff. So, okay. So everyone knows that the listings and, and the reviews and everything are important. Uh, how do you deal with a bad review? Yeah, I, I want to get to that, but I did want to say something from before with the multi-home, especially considering our sponsor for today's episode. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, that was honestly outside of my very first one that I bought um, for myself. And I like I was looking for a house that was perfect for Airbnb. So I, I bought the, my first house as a man in less than 15 minutes. I knew I wanted it because I was so dialed into exactly what I wanted for the Airbnb. But my first one with an investor was a duplex. And we didn't have investors that were really bought into this because we were kind of early. And but what we did is we actually put um, uh, a tenant in the top. So, uh, you know, a 12 month lease in the in the top apartment, which paid the mortgage and covered the expenses of the duplex for the most part. And then all we had to do was barely win with the Airbnb on the bottom. And if we did, we would have been, you know, in the clear. And so that was a home run, but that was a model that we very much used at the beginning was having a duplex, putting in a stable tenant in that would be okay with an Airbnb guest model. And then putting in the, the bottom or the top that Airbnb guest, depending on what was better. So for people out there trying to listen and, you know, knowing how to get into this kind of thing. That was some things we did before. Obviously, Airbnb crushed the the stable tenant. So as soon as we could, we made the other one an Airbnb as well. Now all of our duplexes are both Airbnbs. But at the beginning, we were using that as kind of a stopgap. Um, you know, on the Airbnb. Was it, was, it in, was it in fact easier to take care of having all the like the units just like right there? Oh, 100%. The more you can get in one spot, you know, the better you're just you're saving time. But as well, we were diversifying around the city because we didn't know what area was going to pop. Can the suburbs be great? Do we need to be by the Arrowhead Stadium? Do we need to be downtown by the conference centers? You know, do we want to be near Westport? Um, you know, we're all over the city. We're not in just one spot. We're not like just in West Plaza or things like that. Um, so we really do have Airbnbs all over Kansas City testing the different markets, um, which which created a bit of a problem in that we have diversity uh, as far as where we are in the city, but we also are now spread out pretty thin. So as you're getting cleaners, trying to get cleaners in the same area to clean the same properties becomes a problem, as you can see. Um, you know, I think then you said, what were some of, what was the question just now is about reviews and getting bad reviews? Yeah. Cause you know, the thing is, is, as I've learned from being an employer of 200 people and a business owner and serving a lot of people doing a lot of things over the year that uh, over the years, that no matter how you can be doing your greatest job ever and not everyone's going to like you. It's just kind of the way it goes. And some people are just hard to please. And, you know, it's really funny because even like this podcast is a good example. Like we either get a five-star review or occasionally when they, when we don't, it's a one. It's never a four or a three. It's probably it's like it's, people are like super happy and thrilled or they're inherently angry about something. It's so, probably someone I, super it, religious and we dropped an F-bomb or something. You know, honestly, yeah, I don't right, know why they right, wouldn't love right, it. Right, right, right. Um, so I just anyway, you're never going to get those fans. Hey, as, I, as, in, in regards to that, I, from day one, I marked every by as a blanket response, every every episode is marked explicit so you knew you know before you got in you, you know were what warned. you're getting into, yes you were right? warned that doesn't mean we swear in all of them but we do <laughs> it's hard to be an entrepreneur and not say the word fuck man i'm sorry I, it's i can't believe to, i got how many different ways i can use it in a sentence that's for sure i got voted as like the least likely to curse i think and i was so surprised by that i'm like man i'm pretty put together yeah we did that we did you know we we should talk about that for like just 10 seconds if you want to interact with us and the other hosts of startup hustle and startup hustle tv just go to facebook and type in startup hustle we have a a chat room with a couple thousand people in it and i put up a poll that said who do you think curses most on the show i thought i was going to win with like a unanimous vote and i got one vote and it was from another cast member, Eric Perkins, and all the rest of the votes went to Lauren and uh, Heather. 
And I was shocked. I was like, wow, because I still think it's me, but that may be related more to the the ratio of time the on the screen compared to them. Yeah, but for volume, I'm positive I've won. All right, well, let's talk bad reviews and how to handle them. Um, yeah. It's not easy. And while you're at it, leave us a five-star in this one. Scroll down. Apple has a new podcast app. And it makes it even easier. And hit that fifth star. Specifically, we love speak YouTube. to the cursing if you love us. Just say, yes. love it. Love the authenticity <laughs> with the language. We love that. Uh, or don't. Or don't. <laughs> but uh, reviews. You know, I actually come from, you know, uh, an interesting background in regards to being a bartender. I worked retail. <laughs> I've been a painter, landscaper, Maristar Casino security guard. I've done a whole bunch of things. Had to kiss a lot of ass in customer service. Um, it's not, I feel like I put in my time. I don't love it. Uh, and so for me, it was super important early on to get someone in place that was handling our messaging and our customer service. So I have about six or seven <laughs> automated emails that go out for each reservation from here's your check-in details. Here's some extra information around the city, your area, what to do. Here's some information about the house. So I touch a lot of the customer service um, in an automated way, and it's really just additional questions to those that we answer now. Um, but I never loved that. So I, 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 when we were planning on scaling, I wanted to find someone that ha that was open to customer service and enjoyed it, um, because I do think it's uh, it's a bit of an art, you know, to be really good at customer service. And um, so that has to do with the reviews. You know, COVID. Um, rocked us a little bit because you talked about what kind of customer are you attracting and we actually only lost money one month in 2020 as a as um for some of our investors on airbnb and it was because airbnb suspended our account and we had to get it back up it wasn't actually because we didn't pivot correctly enough to keep the places booked and and uh cash flowing but so i'm pretty proud of that i feel like we really handled it during covid but we really had to we went from an out of town customer where we're going to conferences in Kansas City all the time, you know, like uh, March Madness, the Big 12 tournament, stuff happening all the time, and really getting out of town business travelers to getting in town people that are having staycations and wanting to throw parties. And we do not cater to parties. There's a lot of people that do a slimmer model of their house, like it's less stuff in it. Um, it's built where you can't really break stuff there if you stay and they throw, you know, they have it where you can host parties or have bachelorettes or all types of things and they make great money. That's not our model. So our model is more, we, we try to be more business, the business class, business travelers, um, coming in town. We have Wi-Fi, we have Google fiber, we have desks for them. Like you kind of mentioned, we're set up for that type of traveler. And when COVID happened, we kind of lost that and had to, had to transition. So even things like having, um, cameras on the parking lots of our property so we can tell if a whole bunch of cars are coming in that keeps us in in uh in alignment with the neighbors and so we do a whole lot of things to mitigate ever having even those problems happen is my point but when it does um you know it's really about letting that customer service that that review is in it's done um you know how do you go out there and get more reviews to smash that one down we respond um so typically we have an automated reviewer that's happening. We maybe have 10 messages. If the cleaner goes in and notices anything done wrong or like something that happened in there, or maybe even the customer service rep that's talking to them is like this customer might be, um, you know, we might have an issue here. We will turn off the automation on the reviews. So then we handle that customer individually. And um, knowing that they might leave a bad review that's our one chance really to respond to everyone else that's going to read that review to the guests that we actually had and it's not about bashing each other it's just about responding as accurately as possible to how to what actually happened during that stay i mean in the years we've been running this you can imagine some of the scenarios we've seen um you know running properties at this volume there's just you run across some crazy people you run across some crazy people that stay at these places. And um, so some of that stuff you just have to mitigate. It can even be down to where, you know, I'll, I'll throw out the Airbnb to some of my friends or, or colleagues around the city to come and stay and, and leave us reviews. Um, I'm not above that. You know, hey, you want a free stay for your mother-in-law or whatever? We'd love, to we'd love to host her. We're just looking, you know, for people to review our property. Either we're launching it or we're trying to, trying to get rid of some bad ones. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of moving parts um, from the quality of the product all the way down to expectations, all the way down to the way you handle things when they do go wrong. Um, and then even just, I, I'm, I'm of the mindset I advise brands, like respond to the reviews. Don't just respond to positive reviews. 
respond to the negative ones as well. Apologize if you if you need to apologize or or speak what speak the truth on what happened. Let other people make that assessment or that judgment. There's some real easy things that are like built ins for replying. I, I'm sorry you didn't have a great experience at our property. It's feedback like this that makes it great for whomever, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. things and not getting in a knife fight on the internet. Cause I'll tell you what, if, if that's what your communication looks like, it's a real turnoff. No one wants to hear you hang out your dirty laundry. I think when it comes to reviews in general online, uh, I think people, meaning like humanity understands that they aren't going to be perfect. You know, now if you get a whole bunch of them, I definitely look at that stuff, you know, like, like, uh, you know, like you mentioned, like heard gunshots all night in the background. That's not, you know, like you hear, I mean, if I hear something like that, I'm going to probably move on to the next listing. And so some mm -hmm. of that stuff comes up, you know, I got some uh, basic uh, statistics here and once uh, Airbnb, went public, some of this stuff did too. So some things that are interesting and might help you for your planning. So the average US Airbnb occupancy rate is 48%. So when you're planning your business and looking at doing something, you need to, like if the average property is only booked less than half of the time, you need to keep that in consideration when it comes to your uh, to your budget and your expectations. It also mentions, I, I said earlier that there were more than 3 million. This actually, actually we're up to 4 million hosts worldwide, which means the competition's continuing to grow. The more listings that get in there and the more people that are doing it, the more you're competing with all those folks. Uh, the average nightly rent is $185, which is uh, higher than I thought it would have been. Um, and, you know, some of that, and, and uh, when it comes to guests, um, it looks like 36% of, of all guests are between the ages of 25 and 34. So definitely serving a millennial crowd where 15% are between 18 to 24, making 51% of total guests at Airbnb less than 34 years old, which is a different approach pattern. I think as a marketer or whoever, like you have different things, you know, like I mean, there, there you go. Half of the people that book are likely to be under 34 years old. And you know, these can are I speak stats that? that have been, yeah, can I speak absolutely. To the stats? So yeah, they definitely differ by city. Okay. So like we use third-party software and we're really just getting into that just because of the speed at which Marknology is growing and how much time do you have, you know, to really dig into data analytics across every business. So I can get better here, but you know, Kansas City is a lower average than other cities, like simply in the cleaning fees or simply in, you know, for us in the reviews, cleaning is number one, you have a clean place, you're mitigating like 95% of the bad reviews you're going to get, you know what I mean? So some of those things like, you know, but I've been in $150 cleaning fee in a different city. So it, it differs a lot. Our, our average like booking rate is closer to 80% than 40 something percent um so we you know that's to keep our cleaners busy that's to keep everyone just we we like to keep the places full versus empty versus other people might drive the price quite a bit higher let's host less but when we do you know they're capitalizing on rent it's just kind of whatever your model might be um you know i would just wouldn't say that's across the board and as well i feel like in the way that e-commerce saw a big boom during the pandemic and like everyone from every age demographic is now buying online there's been a change like that a lot of the hotels even during covid went down and closed and so airbnb actually grew during the pandemic instead of you still sure you had some of the hosts that weren't made for this kind of thing and weren't at scale yet close up shop or not be able to handle it but for the the companies like ours that pivoted or that made it work we actually grew and got really busy because of the hotels closing um for different things like that and so it's the statistics are there, but I do feel like, whereas when I started, a lot of the people that stayed with us at Airbnb were very savvy. They knew what to do. They knew Airbnb. That's why they were on it. They, they were like, um, you know, they were trailblazers, so to speak, in regards to the short-term rentals and staying there. And now it's becoming more mainstream. And so you're getting a lot more guests that are not savvy so to speak and so you have to educate them more you have to tell them more about it it's their first time or second time staying um i just feel like it's going through a really big shift from where we started to what's the case today yeah you know case in point to what you mentioned earlier it said 86 percent of people that booked said the location of their airbnb was more convenient than a hotel 
And that's, I mean, depending on where you're at now, you know, Andrew and I are both in Kansas city and the dynamics and just the way things operate here compared to New York city are completely different. But, um, you know, I, the last, I was trying to think about the one, the last couple Airbnb, Airbnbs I stayed in were Cebu city in the Philippines, which here's another thing. So in that particular one, I booked it for 10 days and, uh, I was unhappy with the way it, because it, it, it was like that host was used to maybe like one or two night stays. Cause by the time I got to like the fourth or fifth day, I was wow. like, dude, I need towels. I need sheets. Like I might need someone to come clean this place up a little bit and just like in general. So like, I think if you're going to get into it, you got to also look at like who's staying and where, cause if you get someone that's going to book your place for 10 straight nights for the, for the full price of that, what it would have been for one, like they're going to have different needs and different stuff. But I did that definitely for the ease of use. And the other one before that was when I went to TechCrunch, which was almost two years ago at this point in San Francisco. And I did that because I was like right next to where the event was. <clears throat> and a lot of the hotels were booked and it was still really expensive, but um, it was worth it. And I just like, I don't know, man, there, I, I think overall, like for a lot of people, you just get that flexibility. Uh, one of the things it says in here too, is that 77% of people booking said they wanted to live like locals, not mm -hmm. like a tourist in a hotel. And, and for me, that's actually what I liked most about the San Francisco one. Cause I was just like in a neighborhood mm -hmm. in a townhouse, like in the city still, but you know, it made it, it I, I still could walk across the street. There was a breakfast restaurant, a lot of that stuff. And we had a lot of space. Yep. We had a lot more space. And I actually recorded three podcasts there where our guests came to the Airbnb. And that would have been a lot more difficult in a cramped little hotel room, or it would have been impossible to pull off in the busy lobby just because of the sound. So, yeah, I mean, definitely finding a lot of, a lot of uh, what you're saying in here is, is validated and supported amongst you know this and uh and you know another thing was is uh the um the ease of use so before i owned a business <clears throat> i traveled and i was telling you the other night when we were hanging out i said man i hated that i ended up quitting that job in the music industry because i spent 150 nights a year the second year in a hotel now i stayed almost every single night in a hampton or a hilton because i knew exactly what i was going to get and there was a level of consistency and it made it, it feel a little bit normal but i think when it comes to airbnb that's another thing too is like if you get to stay in a house it can be gr a great experience but at the same time you may have to as a traveler prepare a little different yeah um just because you know like if you're at the hotel and you're like hey i forgot my toothbrush they'll bring you one up but so that we isn't necessarily the case we um we, we travel a lot like the owners of this company travel a lot so it was kind of like we got into this as travelers ourselves and so you know we've tried to set up every property as in would i stay here what are my standards you know and would yeah. i enjoy this place and so we actually have an email that goes out for anybody that's there over two days if they would like an additional cleaning or if there's right. anything else we, like you know that's a touch that we make or you know we build the houses um, it, cause you know, they're, they're empty houses. We, we buy everything for them, uh, versus when it was at the beginning, it was my place with just my things in it, you know? So we're planning ahead and we plan for kids and families and we're very dog friendly and have partnerships with like bar K and things like that, because that's the customer that we want. And so those are the customers that are traveling, you know, from coast to coast and stop in Kansas city and have their kids and their dog. And we want them to have a great time. And that's the value they can get over the hotel. Right. So it's some of it. It's just, just these different mm -hmm. things um, that we're providing. And we try to figure out who is our customer? Why are they staying with us? And how can we leverage that to be different than than the hotels? So before we move on to the, you know, for my episodes, Andrew, I end with what I call the founders freestyle. Now, Andrew and I flipped a coin to see who was going to be the quote host of this episode before we started recording. And I say my episodes because I'm not the only host of Startup Hustle. Make sure to tune in on Tuesdays and learn all about Amazon and e-commerce from Andrew Morgans, the CEO and founder of Marknology and also today's guest. And make sure you tune in on Thursdays to hear more from Lauren Conway, the founder of Innovate Her KC. She covers all kinds of interesting topics. If you haven't had enough Startup Hustle at that point, go over to the YouTube and just 
just type in Startup Hustle in the search box. It's super easy to find Startup Hustle TV, where we drop even more knowledge. And there are more familiar, now familiar faces that are our fellow cast members there. Uh, we are covering all kinds of topics and all kinds of things. Before we also get into our final thoughts, if you want to get matched with commercial multifamily loan options in minutes, go to multifamilydebt.com. It's an industry-leading solution that simplifies the commercial real estate mortgage process. Go to multifamilydebt.com. Links in the show notes make it so easy to click on and visit our sponsors. Andrew, for the Founders Freestyle, I mean, what do we leave out here and what are the best advice for those that want to get into Airbnb entrepreneurship? It's your free style baby um i think that a tip i would leave is like this isn't the game for you if you're just looking for to, to make the most bang for your buck and just like grab cash this is a it needs to be a bit of a quality of life there needs to be a reason other than that because there's better ways to make money in sales or flipping things or just in different parts of real estate than building an airbnb business but if you're trying to um you know, I think if you're an entrepreneur that's uh, trying to have a lifeline, it's an amazing spot for you. I think if you already have access to properties, there's just certain things like that, that, that it can be great for you. Um, but it is not one of those easy button type businesses where you're, you know, from going to the city and getting approved in each city and getting licenses for your properties, um, you know, neighbors, crazy neighbors, crazy guests, um, you know, just know what you're getting into. Stay at some Airbnbs, um, talk to some people that are hosting stuff. Um, doing it themselves. That's one thing I do. I get coffee with several guys that have 20 plus properties in KC semi regularly. And we just talk about what's going well, what's not, um, you know, shoot the shit, so to speak about like, how are you handling this? Or uh, how's that going? So um, just get out there and test a little bit. Um, I know I know everything sounds so good to be true. Just like you can get a turnkey Amazon business. That's not a real thing. You can't get a turnkey Airbnb business either. Um, you know, I just caution, I am someone that jumps all in. I'm an all in kind of guy. And my advice today, my freestyle is uh, dip your toes in this one. Yeah, I think that, you know, for me, and I'll just tell you, I don't own any Airbnbs. I've owned rental properties in the past. I mean, it's okay. It's like not really for me on some levels. Like I don't, I like it. I don't. I don't like the, the, the not, there's no liquidity and that like, you got to really be in it for a long time. Now you can see great returns. There's going to be good years. There's going to be bad years. Um, I, I, I personally, like I'm not opposed to it and I've considered it down the road, but that's not for me. So what is for you as an entrepreneur? I think if you're not interested in service communication and, and some of that, this isn't the right hustle for you. And I, it, I, I don't think I'd really enjoy doing Airbnb, honestly, because um, I got a lot going on. And, you know, like now not everyone does. So maybe it is for you. Maybe you have the time. I think I would struggle with the time and effort and energy and focus personally, um, because, you know, I've got other fires that mm -hmm. I'm putting out. I've got other plates that I'm spinning. Um, and another thing too, is I don't think I'd get into doing it unless I was going to do it like you're doing, like on a large scale. Like I wouldn't just own two Airbnbs to me, right. that would be boring and, and just a distraction. If I was going to do it, I would want to do it big because I don't know, it's just kind of the way I'm wired. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but honestly, I, I, you know, me personally, I don't think it would be for me. Cause I don't think I'd like all the, you know, just the, you know, fixing there, something Roku, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of problems. Yeah. Um, you know, that's yeah. why I said, it's gotta I, be I get, I, get I get frustrated when my dad calls me every other day and asks him how to work his iPad. Oh my God. You know, I'm One like, guy asked why I didn't have off. Fox just News. Turn it off. Just, just turn it off and turn it back on. And, and the ESPN app will probably work the way you want it to. And then it does. And then the, I get the same call uh, uh, two days send later. Send him a bill. Send which, him a bill. Which uh, now I can't do that either. But see, that's the thing is, is if you're not willing and ready to deal with that, I think this is the wrong thing for you. And then another thing too, is I think that some people start, you know, people uh, buy rental properties sometimes and, you know, look, there's been good years for that stuff and there's not. And, you know, some of that stuff can be, uh, it, I mean, if you're going to be the owner and operator and proprietor of a property that's an asset, you need to be prepared to take care of said asset, which at times can be financially burdensome, you know, Perfect. like, I mean, you, you buy a house and all of a sudden like the roof caves in and it's not 
someone else's fault, whatever. And you got to deal with fixing that. And that might be money that you have to put into stuff. And it's not like, and, and if you go the opposite and you're just like a slumlord, you never fix anything or repair anything or whatever. You can't do that with Airbnb. You cannot do that. You certainly can't do that with Airbnb. I mean, that's going to come up right away. People are going to be like the refrigerator's broken. There was roaches in the bathroom. This place is freaking gross. Don't stay here. I do. I do have one one thing. They're going to bring it up. I do have one thing I left out, I think. And that is that, we don't take any Airbnb properties that we haven't done the rehabs on or bought. So we're not, you know, what, you know what you've gotten into at that point and exactly. whatever. Yeah. And that's super yeah. important. That's super important to know as well. We are not over leveraged in regards to if we have to shut down this Airbnb and turn it into a traditional rental, it still makes sense on paper. It's still very yep. much good as a traditional rental. So we have, I think that's great advice too, because if you realize it's not for you, do you have another option or now are you just stuck? Now, look, over this last year, it would have been hard to buy a home before this year and not have it be worth more. Yep. Right. But that's going to, that's going to fade and fall too. Like these things ebb and flow. Like, I mean, I'm just old, man. I've been around, like I've owned pro- like the house I live in right now. Like I bought it at the at the gutter bottom of the recovery of the financial crisis, right? Like, I mean, like the guy I bought this house from lost significant money on the house compared to what, you know, and and that's working out great for me right now, but I live here. I'm not, I mean, I'm not like, you know, it is what it is, but there's, there were years along the way. I mean, I owned a couple houses. I, I hung on to the house that I lived in in Indianapolis that had the million dollar bedroom in it. I had that thing. I owned that thing for almost 10 freaking years and I didn't make it. I didn't get any money out of it because I bought it at a high point and sold it at a low point yep. and it just didn't really pay off. So, you know, the same thing. It's like, just think about what you're getting into and you have to be able to, to now, one of the things I would think would be really flexible is if you were just running an Airbnb right now and all of a sudden you're like, shit, the market just spiked. You could sell that property in a heartbeat. Cause also if you have long-term tenants in it, I had that happen. I went through a divorce and I owned a rental home. I'd done really well. And all of a sudden I got an ex-wife that's wanting to sell the house and, and whatever. And, you know, we had to wait. Because in order to get the, the, we had a great tenant, but we had to give the dude a three-year lease because he didn't want that to happen to him. Yep. So, you know, a lot to consider. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for joining me. And for those of you listening, tune into Andrew's regular shows on Tuesdays or come on over and check us out on Startup Hustle TV. We'd love to see you leave some comments, some thumbs up and other great stuff there. Andrew, I know you got lots of stuff to do and so do I. So, man, I'll, I'll catch up with you next time. Thanks for having me on the show. It's fun to talk a little shop uh, on the real estate Airbnb side. Um, as always, if you guys are listening to the show, uh, I don't hear from enough of you. So leave some stuff in the comments. Hit me up on Instagram or email. I'd love to just like, you know, even razz me about some of the stuff we say here on the show. Um, really appreciate everyone. See ya. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.